classes memory of Jared Orchin. And today we're going to learn the Aftora of Machar Chodesh. I'm a little old, that maybe you want to make it closer, you want to not affect anything. Machar Chodesh is the Aftora on page 1487. Every time when Rosh Chodesh is Sunday, means Shabbat is Erev Rosh Chodesh, is Rosh Chodesh Eve, we have a special Aftora for Shabbat. In honor of Rosh Chodesh. Now, what is Rosh Chodesh? Rosh Chodesh is the first of the new month, right? How we celebrated Rosh Chodesh today? How we recognize Rosh Chodesh? We read the Torah. We, um, we read the Torah on Rosh Chodesh. We do certain prayers that are... And specific. we add the Allah service and the Musaf service. That's based on the Musaf service, is remembering the sacrifice, the extra sacrifice. Musaf means additional. The additional sacrifice that used to be offered in the temple and Rosh Chodesh. Just like so there is a Musaf and Shabbat, there's a, a Musaf and Rosh Hashanah, an additional sacrifice, so too there's additional sacrifice on Rosh Chodesh. And we read the Torah. Now when we read the Torah, we don't read the Torah just three alias. On Mondays and Thursdays, we call up three people to the Torah. On Rosh Chodesh, we call up four people to the Torah. That shows us, every time when we had a day, uh, Analiyah, it shows us that it's a little earlier the day. When else we call up four Aliyahs to the Torah? Fasting. Yom Kippur? No. Yom Kippur is five. Four. Four. When else we read four Aliyahs the, from, the, from the Torah? Intermediate days? When? On Pesach, there is the first two days and the last two days. The intermediate days, we have four alias. That if you want to place Rosh Chodesh somewhere, it's like Cholamoed. Same with Sukkot? Cholamoed Sukkot too, yes. Four alias. Cholamoed is four alias. Then kind of falls between all the other holidays, basically. Oh, it's like a holiday. Yeah. We see it also in the Torah. We say, we say, where is it? Over Rosh Simchatchem, over Moadechem, over Rosh Chodeshchem. The Torah says, the Torah mentions what sacrifice you should do. The Torah says, on your all happy days, and on your holidays, and on your Rosh Chodesh. Means the Torah puts it as a part of the holidays. Today we just read from the Torah a little longer, four years, we do the Musaf service and we run to work. Any other? We don't recognize Rosh Chodesh in any other way. Aren't there prayers for the moon? That's Rosh Chodesh. Not on Rosh Chodesh. <laughs> there is the only custom we have is that women don't work on Rosh Chodesh. Why women don't walk on Rosh Chodesh? Because Rosh Chodesh rep represents the moon, renewal. And women are on a monthly cycle, on the moonly cycle. And therefore, because the women were during the time of the golden calf, 
When, when Aaron said, bring me the gold, the women didn't want to give the gold. That as a reward to the women for not giving the gold, they do not, they walk less or do not walk on Rosh Hodesh. Not in that allowed, it's a tradition, custom. But I have some news for you. That's today. As it's understood from the Bible, in the biblical times, Rosh Chodesh was a very special holiday. Was a really nobody walked on Rosh Chodesh. Not because it's not allowed. It's not written in Torah. Not allowed to walk on Rosh Chodesh, because the Jews no because they didn't walk on Rosh Chodesh. Because Rosh Chodesh was like a holiday, like Chol Hamoed, a day off from work. And it was twelve days like this over there. And could be for two days Rosh Chodesh. It's more than twelve days. Could be sixteen days, seventeen days. It was. It's clear from here. From it's. It's a. Understood from the beginning of this of Torah that he says you will go on the day of work before Rosh Chodesh. Then we'll, as we're going to learn soon, and from this is understood that the Jewish people did not work on Rosh Chodesh. There is another place I think in the book of Amos, he say he speaks about the people who are stealing and lying. Say when is going to come the day after Shabbos or the day after Rosh Chodesh we can continue to lie to steal, to rip off people. That from this we see that on Rosh Chodesh, they didn't do it, they didn't walk. And a few other things, other places. We see the story with Elisha, the Shunamite, the Shunamite women, right? She was running after, she said, she told her husband, I'm going to the prophet. He tells her, why are you going? It's not Shabbos and not Rosh Chodesh. By comparing Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh, you see that was the same, it was dealt, the, was treated the same. But for me, it was a big, a big piece of news. I never heard about it. That in biblical time, and it's proven from quite a few places in the Bible, that the Jewish people used to not walk on Rosh Chodesh. And that the question is, what changed? How about why they didn't work in the first place? No, they didn't work in the first place because it was it's written from the Torah. It's it's like it's like a, it's a, we have every time we have a musaf sacrifice. It's like a holiday, additional sacrifice. Then therefore, if there is additional sacrifice in Yom Kippur, additional sacrifice in Shabbat, and Yontif, and Cholamoed, and Rosh Chodesh is also an additional sacrifice. This alone would give the Jewish people an idea not to walk on Rosh Chodesh. Not because it's not allowed. It's not written not allowed, but because it's treated like a holiday. Therefore, we are going to read soon. And we used to, uh, King Saul he made a meal. It was a special holiday meal, like a Rosh Hashanah meal. It was a Rosh Chodesh meal. Rosh, Everybody Rosh was Chodesh invited. Rosh Chodesh was a, a man. Was a man that determined. Um, is Rosh Chodesh determined by man? What or, do you mean, Rosh Chodesh? Yes. By the by the witnesses. Yeah, sure. So it's not. It's not like Shabbos that it's a. No, it's not it's Shabbos. It's like any other holidays. All the holidays are determined by man, right? Pesach and Shavuos is everything. Everything that's by the month is by man. Based on Rosh Chodesh. Even more, Rosh Chodesh is the, fold, is the foundation. In Rosh Chodesh, we had our holiday meal. Rosh Chodesh, we read more from the Torah, like Cholamoed, because we have more time. That means because he doesn't go, go to work. Then why we stopped it? Too many, too many, too days, many days off in comparison to other <laughs> cultures around us. <laughs> right. That's a good point. Unproductive. <laughs> and it's actually in the Megillah, it's written that the, 
In the, Medr the Medrash says that Amen told uh, the king the Jews are unproductive every day. It's Shabbos, it's, it's, it's Shabbos Ayom, Pesach Ayom, it's Pesach, it's Passover, it's, it's every day. Romans accused us of the same thing. Yeah, because yeah. mm -hmm. at that time, the, even the day of rest, even Shabbat didn't exist. Then some people, some commentaries want to say that it's because it stopped because the Jewish people were, um, because it was as long as the temple was around and they offered sacrifices, mm -hmm. that they respected the day. The moment the temple is gone, there is no there is no Musa for or sacrifices, and there is nothing in the Bible that you don't have to walk on this day. Then they started to treat it normally. I saw something. You can take it a little further. What happened when Ezra and came to the to to Israel to, to build the second temple? What he found in Jerusalem, the Chamaya? Found a lot of uh, intermarriage. What else he found? Riddle worship. Not so much. What else he found? It was in bad shape. What, in, what the covenant that he made with the Jews, what was it about? The rainbow. Wasn't that kid? The covenant. He made Nehemiah. Public reading of the Torah? Yeah, what, 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 was in the, yeah what, what was the covenant? When he read the Torah in public and he gathered everyone on Rosh Hashanah, what, what was the, one of the main things they found? They didn't observe Shabbat. They were working seven days a week. Then I understand it this way. He saw when you have too many days of rest, none of them are observed. You understand? It's got to be special. Yeah. No, because people don't understand the difference between Rosh Chodesh and Shabbat. You don't. You cannot work on Rosh Chodesh, you cannot work on Shabbat. You cannot they don't understand that Rosh Chodesh is a tradition. And Shabbat is a biblical law. They said, you know what? When you're allowed to walk, go to walk. Then you don't allow, don't go to walk. When people, when you ask for too much, you get nothing. He says, well, it's an obligation. We cannot compromise. They better go to walk on Rosh Chodesh. And even on Cholamoid, you're allowed kind of to go to walk. And just don't do it on Shabbat in Yontif. I think that's what was behind it. Now, what the name Chodesh means? In English, what the word month comes from? From the moon. Moon, month. In Hebrew, there is, in, the Bible, in, Bible, in the Bible, there is two names for the month. One name is like month, moon. Yareach means the moon. And Yerach is the month. Chamisha Yerachim, Imeged Yerachim. There is quite a few places. And then there is another name for the for the for the for, for the for the month. Chodesh. Chodesh is the name for the month. What Chodesh means? What the word Chodesh means? Holy. No. Yeah. No. Chadash. Yeah. Chadash means no. Yerach means the moon. Yerach. And Chodesh means no. About Hadassah, hidden? Is it the moon's hidden? Is that a connection there? Where do you see the word hidden in the, in the name? Well, you said the word Hadash, Hadash and Hadassah. Hadash. Hadassah. Hadassah. Is, that, is that connected? Hadassah is not. No, no, not at all. Hadash means Nu. Then we have two names for the month Nu and, uh, and Moon. 
why we add another why we why the Torah add a new name for the for the month? What was wrong with the name Moon month? Because new means that the the moon renews itself every month. And that's really the message of Judaism. That's why Jews are compared to the moon. Because the moon renews itself every month. Every time there is a new moon. We have to be again new. Again new. Every month. Even a setback. Even that after the 15th of the month you have a full moon. And again with them we reduce it. right? It gets, gets smaller and smaller and smaller. The getting smaller and smaller is the potential for the new one. For renewing. Before you going to a higher level, you must lose the old level, so to speak. There is a story about the, the one of the Talmudic rabbis, Rab Zeire, when he came, to, he used to, he was a Babylonian scholar. When he made Aliyah to Israel, he was fasting 40 days to forget the Babylonian Talmud. And the Talmud is asking, how could you say such a thing? You're not allowed to try to forget a word of the Torah. That the explanation is he didn't try to forget the Torah. Before he was able to get used to it, there were two styles of learning. The Babylonian style was everything, argument, questions, answer. The, the, the Jerusalem style, the Israeli style was more simple, straight. That if he, to be able to enter to a, to, a, to a yeshiva in Israel, if he will start with his argument, they'll throw him out from the yeshiva. That he needed to get, get rid of his way of thinking and to learn a new style. Then before you were starting a new level, you need a little, a little bit of a setback. Before, a runner, before he runs, he takes a step backwards. Uh, it's written in the Torah, Sheva Ipol Tzadik Bekam. Seven times the Tzadik falls and rises. It means for Tzadik to go rise to a higher level, he needs to fall a little bit. He needs a setback. And that's why Chodesh, the word Chodesh for the moon, is, is always new. Because mm -hmm. even when you are going down, mm -hmm. in the potential of going down is the beginning of something bigger. Look in the, in the, in the financial world. After every crisis, the, the people do better. The economy is doing better. English expression, one step backwards, two step forwards. Yes. Look in the economy of the world. After every crisis, the economy is doing better and better and better. There is an adjustment, but then eventually the stock market is doing even better. And then it's like doing better. Then it's a setback before going the next step. That's what Chidush is. That's the moon, exactly. The moon is a new moon, then it's a setback, then it's a preparation for a, even a better moon, so to speak, even a higher level. And so the full moon, the middle of the month, is why we have holidays like Passover absolutely, absolutely, on the 14th absolutely. of the month. Yes, on the 15th of the month. On the 15th of the month, yes. because that's, that's, that's like a, full, that's a height, height of hope. Absolutely. Right. But we, we call Hadash even to the rest of the month. Even to the days down, we still call it new. Why? Because in the going down, there is a potential for renewal. Now, the Rebbe pointed out something amazing. There is two, I mean, there is many, but in general, there is, in marriage, there is two types of document. Aktuba, everybody knows Aktuba. And there is a get, right? In the Aktuba, when they write the date, you write, so, so much days, 
לחודש פלוני, to this and this month, לחודש, we use the word חודש. In a get, we write the word ירח, not חודש. Because חודש means renewal. In a ktub, by getting married, it's something new. Getting divorced, there is nothing new. It's ירח. It's nothing exciting. It's ירח, it's a moon. Just a moon. It shows you that how in, in Judaism, even the word that we use, because really, if you would compare the two, Nike and Jaskin say, why do you use the word Chodesh, you need the word Yerach? You say, oh, just this rabbi put it together this way, the other rabbi. It doesn't work like this. Everything is calculated. In the Ketuba, they wanted to make a point that it's about renewal, something new in a marriage. Therefore, it's Chodesh. In the, in, the, in the get, nothing new, nothing exciting. That's why it's Yerach. That we're establishing is something very important. Two names for the, for the month in Hebrew. One is Moon, Yerach. One is Chodesh, Chadash, Nu. <coughs> Usually we use the word Nu. Because, and therefore the Jewish people are compared to the month. Count months. The Torah, when the Torah tells us uh, in the beginning to count months, now the Torah says, Achodesh Azelachem Rosh Chodashim. Doesn't use the word Yerach. Use the word Chodesh. This month, this Chodesh is for you the beginning of all the Chadashim. Use the word of months, the word Chodesh, Chadash, the new ones. Because it's all about renewal. That's why Jewish people count the month and not just theirs. But the, the, the month itself, the concept of uh, your calendar based on the month on the rather month. than the sun You're right. was a, a revolution in a way that began on Passover, You're right. where if you, it's a way to control your destiny, your own fate. In other words, you... It's an interesting you, take to, to say it, control your destiny. Well, I mean, you know, your holidays and everything, you, you, your culture. What, what, your, what happened is God gave over the calendar to his wife, so to speak. The social calendar to his wife. <laughs> and the wife is the Jewish people. <laughs> right, that's good. And he goes along. When he's going along, goes along. It's really the Medrash puts it, God is asking Devon in court, when is, when is Rosh Hashanah? He says, let's go downstairs and we'll ask when. He tells to the angels, let's go downstairs and find out when is Rosh Hashanah. He calls his wife, says, when is Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is today, we're going today. Tomorrow, tomorrow, whatever you say, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Who is in charge of the social calendar? The wife. The same thing is with the Jewish people. The, the, the week, that's God. The moon, any other day, any social event is up to the Jewish people. Whenever we decide it, it's Rosh Hashanah. Why, why does God delegate that whole responsibility to us? I mean, there's, there's a lot of concepts of the partnership of, of God and human beings. You just said, you just <laughs> pulled the word out of my mouth. It's a partnership. God wants, because ultimately God wants, we should sanctify the day. See, Shabbat, God sanctified Right? Thank blessed are you, God, who sanctified the Shabbos. God sanctified the Shabbos by creating the world in six days and resting the seventh day. God sanctified the Shabbat. What happened and how we finish the, the Kiddush and, and Yontef? We say, Mekadesh Israel Vazmanim, who sanctified Israel and the times. And the Talmud explains us, 
it sanctifies Israel and Israel sanctifies the times. We make Rosh Hashanah into Rosh Hashanah. If the Beidim will not say today's Rosh Hashanah, the day is a simple day. Then basically, our God doesn't decide when Yom Kippur is. We decide. Is it unbelievable? The day of the, the earliest day of the year is decided by three rabbis. So the moon in Jerusalem, yeah? The Beidim, they decide when, Roger, yeah. when is the month, the month, right? If you decide when is That's Rosh Chodesh. Yeah. yeah, still the rabbis made the calendar. The calendar was made by human beings. Then today, when Rosh Hashanah today is again by rabbis. You understand what I'm saying? Shabbos is Shabbos. It's by God. All of this is by rabbis. The Mekadish Israel is gave us the is sanctified us, and he gave us the power to sanctify to sanctify times. We make the day a holy day. We make the the the, the parchment of the we make the mezuzah a holy object. We make the Torah a holy object. It has to be a Jewish scribe who writes on the Torah for the Torah to be, uh, to be holy. If you printed it, the Torah is not holy. You can put it in the, in, 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 you can throw it away. There's no holiness there. It has to be done by a human being, by a Jew, who has in mind that he's doing it for the sake of the mitzvah of Torah, of the Sefer Torah, of writing a Torah. If he didn't do it, if a Jew didn't do it, it's not, it's not holy. Because God empowered the Jews to sanctify the time for their holidays and to sanctify the the, the, the holy object. That's why God gave the calendar to the to, to Jews. Because it's a partnership. God wants us, we and God together are creating a world. Now, that's number one about the, the, the we have, first of all, the concept that holidays were celebrated during biblical time. It's something I never knew. It was Mamesh Ayontev. Like people go, didn't go to work, and they were celebrating. And, uh, and number two, that it was that's the whole idea of renewal. Now we'll go to speak about the Aftorah. What's the Aftorah about? David and Jonathan. What is going on here? It's a very king that all started with King Saul and David. King Saul started with Goliath, right? Goliath was threatening the Jews. He said, send me one of you. We will fight, and we will see who is stronger. And King Saul went crazy. He lost it. He was so skilled. He didn't know what to do with himself. Finally, shows up a young boy, David, a redhead, and he says, I'll do it. And the king said, anybody who's going to fight Goliath, I'll give him my daughter. David shows up and he says, what the king said? Give his daughter, he asked everybody, what is that? I'll do it. And with a few stones, he killed Goliath, right? Now, they're coming back from the wall. All the women come out in the town. It was like a parade coming back from war. An army parade. Everybody scream, the girls scream, Saul king that in the thousand and David in the tens of thousands. This moment, Saul started to be jealous of David. Not only this, he already had a feeling that he might take over one day. And since then, 
not officially, he tried to get rid of David in many, many ways. And Saul's son, Saul's son, Yeronatan, he was David's chosid. He was his follower. He was in love with him. He went crazy about him. Anything he'll do for David. He loved David in an unbelievable love. Why do you think he gave up his potential throne? I mean, he was next in line for the throne. He basically deferred to David. Because he was a holy man. He knew that David is capable for the job. And he didn't see probably not himself and not his father capable for the job. Yeah, but also uh, Samuel had already said that David, that David had already yeah. coronated. Very, oh, 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 uh, not oh, coronated. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he no, knew. Two things, two they things. Knew. First of all, he told Saul, the story of Amalek was before that, right? My he God. told Saul that some, God gave, they will give their, their kingdom to somebody who is better than you. He didn't tell him who. He told David that he's going to be the king, but Saul didn't know it's David. Then, so, but Saul, the moment he saw David with this business, he, he knew right away wow. without knowing that this is the guy. Wow. Wow. And therefore he was so angry with him that in the beginning he was hiding the agenda that he wants to kill him. But little by little it became more clear. And Jonathan constantly said, no, my father doesn't want to kill you. My father doesn't want to kill you. And a chapter before this, he still told they he came to Saul and told Saul, what do you want from this boy? He's such a good boy. He's doing everything for you. He's fighting for you. And Saul <laughs> cried and said, you're right. And he swore to God that he will not do anything today. He swore to God. But Saul was sick. Saul was, today would be considered what, bipolar? He had times oh, up, times down. When he was in clear mind, he was, he was amazing. When, he, when he, the rage controlled him, there was nobody to talk to. Then Saul was, and in the beginning it was only when he had a rage. That Jonathan tells David, no, my father doesn't want to kill you. It's only when he's angry. But the chapter before, they, Saul called his son and his servant, and he told them, I want, you, I want to kill David. And then Jonathan tried to convince him. And at one point, he tried to kill him, and David ran away. Where is he running away to? To the Philistines. Before that. To Nov. Before Nov. Who he ran away first? Gath? No, what would be naturally, if you run away, do you finding... Where are you going to find uh, support? Oh, cave. Oh. To his family? To his parents? Close. Oh. Not to his parents. No, not to his wife. Huh? To his wife. To his, his followers. His... He ran away. His wife was the daughter of, of uh, Saul. He had to run away from them. Where is he running to? Jonathan. Who else? Where would he run away? Samuel. 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 Samuel appointed him to be king, right? Right. He ran to Samuel. He comes to Samuel. Samuel is sitting in a place that's called Noyot. Noyot. Noyot is a place that Samuel kind of, after he was disappointed from this, that the Jews wanted a king and they don't want spirituality. They didn't want God as a king. They want a physical king. He went, so to speak, to a place and he created his own yeshiva for prophets. Samuel ran away from Saul's house 
do. And he started to prophesy together with Samuel. David. David ran away from Saul to Samuel. Fine. Then Saul is that he's there. He sends a delegation of soldiers to bring him back, to kill him. They came down. Guess what? <coughs> they started to prophesy too. <laughs> know the story? Yeah. He sent a second group. They, they prophesy too. He sends a third group. They are joining too. Finally, Saul himself went to catch David. Guess what? He started to prophesy too. To a point that the people said, Agam Shaul Banevim, he saw also a prophet, became a prophet. That's an unbelievable story in itself. Where there is a similar story in the Talmud like this. When they converted. Yeah. Who? Unkelos was a famous convert. Unkelos, he wrote a letter translation to the Torah. Who was Unkelos? He was Vespasius. Vespasius? Right? Vespasius' nephew? No, Titus. Titus' nephew. Thank you. Titus' nephew. And he ran away and he converted. Titus sent a group of soldiers to bring him home. They came in. They saw the mezuzah. Basically, started to talk to them about Judaism. They converted. A second group, they converted. A third group, they converted too, right? Then he started to tell them, just come to me, I will not do anything to you. Then he came. These two stories, I mean, I also didn't know the story until this morning. Don't, don't, mm -hmm. don't get uh, well, there's some little pieces in the Tanakh that I don't learn. You know, every day, every week, I learn new things that I'm embarrassed I didn't know that until now. <laughs> just like you look at yourself. Shame on you, how you did know that such a, not talking about some Kabbalistic picket that I will all face was, talking about basic text. Mm -hmm. But you might learn that, but you don't realize what lays behind that. What lays behind these two stories? What happened? One delegation, they become prophet. The second one, become prophesy to the third one. It means, I'll tell you a story, a story I mentioned a few times, but now it proves how this, I, knew, I knew a Hasidic Jew, a Russian Jew, came to Israel, and he was living in Bnei Brak, in the synagogue where I was davening, Chabad synagogue in Bnei Brak. He was a doctor, very straightforward Jew, you know, and he tried to go to America to visit the Rebbe. Came to Israel in the early, I would say, probably 77, 78. He tried to go to America and he couldn't go. Maybe in 75 he came. It took him a few years to try to, because the, the American embassy didn't want to give visas to Russian Jews because they were afraid they'll stay in America. Okay, he tried, many people promised him, I'll use my connections, I'll use my, nobody used any connections, they all made him stories, nobody excuses. Finally, he got a visa. He comes to New York on the way to the plane and this, he's thinking to himself, I'll tell the Rebbe, who are his Hasidim, he thinks they are such holy people. I'll tell them that they are making promises and they don't live up to it and they're just big talkers. And the whole list in his mind, he had the whole gorge there, right there. I heard from him the story. He says, he was, he was having a private audience, there'd be people standing in line. The door was open. He saw the Rebbe gave him a big smile. He said, in this second, he said, he thought to himself, I'll tell the father, I'll 
I'll complain to the father about his children. What are you going to tell the Rebbe that his Hasidim are bad? That's why I'm here. He forgot everything that he planned to speak. He had the most wonderful appointment with the Rebbe. He spoke about his family. The Rebbe looked at the pictures of it. It was unbelievable. What really happened? The moment he stood in the vicinity of a holy man, he was elevated. The moment he was elevated, all the stupidity was flying out of the window. That's what happened by Samuel. That's what happened with Tunkelos. When you stay around the tzaddik, you feel it. You want to be a part of it. They came to Samuel. What means they became prophets? They joined them. Whoa, I want to be also in the yeshiva. The second group came and said, good. What do you mean, taking David? You see what's going on? You're coming to, to, to the holiest man. So Saul himself came. He also joined. That's the power of being around a tzaddik. Even you are not so holy, just because you're around this amazing, holy human being, is the shechina, the, the horror of him, reflects everybody around. And everybody is getting elevated. That's the story in the Bible why, you know, uh, Jethro came the first time to Moses. He saw there's a long line standing there. Mm -hmm. And he told Moses, oh, it's not right, people. What do you think Moses didn't know that? He has to delegate. Every, every beginning schlepper knows that. Moses didn't need it. Jethro to come from Midian to tell him, you know, this is not going to work. Really? Takes a genius to know that? When you see a line of 5,000 people waiting for you? <laughs> <laughs> that, you can, that you'll never make it? Why Moses didn't do it? Moses said to himself, as the line get closer, it became smaller. Or when they came in front of Moses, instead of saying, he stole for me the part, I, gave, I punched him in the nose. They were both of them embarrassed. They looked at Moses and said, give us a blessing. You understand? <laughs> because that's what Moses, Moses said, they will come to me. But they, but they if they will go exactly, if they will go to the regular judge, there will be a good fight. So the, the, the judge will solve the fight of today, or they'll walk away angry with each other, hating each other, nothing. They come to me. What are you going to tell Moshe? I stole money from him. What are you going to tell him? He's embarrassed. The three quarters of the of the garbage will disappear on the way. Even by the Rebbe, when the Rebbe was alive, so many people didn't do so many things because they, maybe the Rebbe believed about it. You understand what I'm saying? That nobody even did wrong, because if the Rebbe believed about what I'm going to tell them. Because somebody is going to write to the Rebbe. That now, that's, that's the power of it, and that's what happened with, with that soul run after David and got stuck. But they didn't change much. He continued to run after David, after this story. David ran away and he tried to come back home. And one point, Jonathan tells Jonathan, now there is an interesting thing with the name Jonathan. Sometimes in the Bible it's written Jonathan, sometimes Jehonathan. There is an additional letter, hey. When there is Yud, hey, what is this? Every time when Jonathan is protecting David, it's Yehonatan. 
It's like Abraham, Avram to Abraham. It means whenever he's on the side of David, he has the name of God in his name. It's unbelievable. And when it's regular story, it's Jonathan. Is there any connection to English with that? Because Jonathan, the Jewish typical of Jonathan is J-O-N. The typical Gentile spelling of John, of John is J-O-H-N. Is there any connection there to that? J-O-H should be more, no? Should, should, be should be more Jewish. Yeah. Should be more Jewish. <laughs> no, in English, everything is upside down. That's one of them. It should be the Jewish way, Yehonatan, yes. Actually, uh, in Hebrew, I think when people call, write the name Yehonatan, uh, I think it's Yehonatan. Yehonatan, Ibishitz, right? Yehonatan, in Hebrew, it's Yehonatan. When people call the name Yehonatan, Jonathan, they write Yehonatan, the name of God. Then in the, in, the, in, the, in the book of Samuel, whenever he's helping David, his, Yehon, his name is written Yehonatan with the name of God. Then mm-hmm. here, Jonathan still doesn't believe that his father wants to kill him. He says, let's make a test. And we'll see in the test what will happen. Mm-hmm. Now we'll start to read from inside. Uh, 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 Go ahead, please. So just on the first sentence there, uh, they spell it with the H in Hebrew, mm-hmm. but they don't change the way it's per- spelled in English. So, I, so you, if you didn't look at the Hebrew, you wouldn't know that it's Yehonathan. Yeah, look, it's written in Hebrew, Yehonathan too, Yehonathan. Yeah, but no, no, in, in, without no, the, the H, H. Right, the H is not in I think that I think the translator didn't understand this this nuance. That would be a significant breach for a good translator, wouldn't it? It's missing. <laughs> it should be Yonatan, yes. If you already write the name in Hebrew, Yonatan, if you don't write Jonathan, you better write it Yonatan. Yeah. You're right. Yonatan said to David. Yonatan said to David, tomorrow is the first of the new month. You shall be missed because your seat will be empty. Oh. He tells them you should be missed because your seat will be empty. That's an interesting thing. In Hebrew, when if kadeto ki pocket. If kadeto could mean be remembered, he pocket could nifkad uh, could also mean missing. When is a person remembered? No missing. When he's missed. When he's missing. Isn't this amazing? Mm-hmm. In which parsha Moses' name is not mentioned? Oh. That's other, right? There's one parsha in the Torah since from from the beginning until. The end of Bamidbar, basically, that his name is not mentioned. Mm-hmm. That's the parsha we speak the most about Moses. <laughs> the parsha that is not mentioned. Every parsha, oh, Moses, they take it for granted. The parsha is not mentioned. Everybody, why, why is Moses not mentioned? Oh, yo, 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 yo. The Megillah, the name of God is not mentioned in the Megillah. What do you talk all day? Why is the name of God not mentioned in the Then by missing something, you cause people to remember it. It's an interesting thing. It's every time, it's in life, it's true too. Every time when you miss something, that's, that's the, that's, when it, it's called the missing tile. You walk into our room, a ceiling, the whole place is full of tiles. There is one little old piece, we don't, there is no never tile. What do you look at? What do you remember? The one little piece. Mm-hmm. The one, there is a party, everybody showed up. Who you remember? They didn't. The person who didn't. You're sitting Shiva. You know you remember? The people didn't come. Mm-hmm. Ta 
thousands of people came. I can tell you from my own experience. I mean, we were sitting shiva for my, for my father. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people came. Still, somewhere, some down, we're thinking about the guys who didn't come. Hmm. Strange, but this is, this is a human being. Then always, we remember the person who is not there. It's written about God too. Merochoik Hashem nearly. God was seen to me from afar. From afar, I miss God. When God is here, take him for granted. He's not here. Oh, where is God? Where is God? Where were you when God was here? Take him for granted. Then this is, this is the Hasidic take to this line. When if God is talking pocket, when you will be missed, when you're going to be missed, when, you, when, you'll, be, when you'll be missing. Think about it. Missing and missed is the same word, even in English. Right? Yeah. Who is missed? The one who is missing. What does this mean in our spiritual life? When we are humble, then we'll be more small. When we reduce ourselves, then we, God is looking out for us when we are full. Okay, then Jonathan tells David, you'll be missing, then you'll be missed. Okay, continue. For three days you should go down and hide yourself well. Come to the place where you hid on the day of the incident when the king swore to me not to kill you and sit by the traveler's market stone. The key, on the day of the incident, the day of the Yom HaMaseh could also mean in the day of work, means the day before Rosh Chodesh. Not the day of the incident that happens, but the day of work. Yom HaMaseh means the day of action, the day you go to work. The day before Rosh Chodesh, basically. Go and hide the day before Rosh Chodesh. Okay. Huh? That's, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. That we didn't walk on Rosh Chodesh. I will shoot three arrows to the side as though I shot at a target. Then I will send a lad saying to him, go find the arrows. If I say to the lad, look, the arrows are on this side of you, then you should take them and return for his safety. And there is no dangerous thing looming, I swear this, as Hashem lives. Continue. But if I say this to the young man, behold, the arrows are beyond you, then go because Hashem has sent you. Okay, what is he telling Gemma? What are the signs? What are the signs exactly? If I send the, the arrows now close, that you means you can, that Saul doesn't want to kill you and you can come back home. If I tell the lad, go, it's far behind you, that will be a sign to you. You'll see the near me. There will be a sign to you that you have to run away. Basically, they're never going to see each other again. It's just a sign. He's sending the bow and arrow, and, and whatever, if it's close, means you can come back. It's close. If it's far, better, better run away, far away. Okay, continue. <clears throat> this matter of which you and I have spoken, behold, God is a witness between me and you forever. Like they make, they, 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 took, they took a note. Continue. David hid himself in the field. When the first of the new month came, the king sat down to eat the meal. Okay, David, as the plan is, David hid himself in the field, and it was Rosh Chodesh, and it was a special meal, and the king sat down to eat. Okay, continue. The king sat at his seat as usual, on a seat by the wall. 
Yosan stood up so that Avner could sit at Shaw's side. Avner was the general, general. The general and Jonathan gave him his place to sit yeah. next next to Saul. All right. Okay, continue, okay. continue. David's place was empty. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, Shaw said nothing on that day, for he thought he had a nocturnal accident. He is not ritually pure. He didn't come because he has not been ritually pure. At that time, they used to be so pure when they ate bread. They used to practice purity that if they, they, if they had an accident, they, they, they immersed themselves in the water and they will, stay, they will consider themselves not pure until the evening. Therefore, he thought he didn't come because he had a personal issue. Continue, you can hear. It came to pass on the next day, which was the second day of the month, that David's place was empty. Saul said to Jonathan, his son, why didn't the son of Eshai come to the meal, neither yesterday nor today? You see how he calls him? The son of Eshai. Why he doesn't call him David? He's reducing he, him. Yeah, First of all, he reduces him. Right. You're right. He, he, he's a nobody. He's a son of a child of Eshai. Number two, as you see, every time he calls him the son of Eshai to point out he's not my son, he's not from my dynasty. And later he tells Jonathan, you're the son of your mother. It's a lot of son going on here. Basically, to which family you are loyal? Mm -hmm. Son of whom are you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He asked him why. He's sending a message to Jonathan. Too, Absolutely. He's suspicious. Exactly. Exactly. Right. He says, where is David? He's asking. Jonathan, go ahead. Jonathan uh, answered Shaul. David asked me permission to go to Beis Lechem. He said, please let me go because our family is offering sacrifices today in the city and my oldest brother Eliav has instructed me to be there. Now I have found favor in your eyes. Now if I have found favor in your eyes, please excuse me from the king's duties to see my brothers. Therefore he has not come to the king's table. Oh, that Jonathan, had, Jonathan had already a whole story prepared. Says my David asked me to go back to his family for the for the for the meal, for Shodish meal. First of all it shows here that for a holiday meal you go to your family. Here is by the king, what could be greater than the king? He's still going to his family. That's why Jewish people holidays they get together, it's all about family by when it comes to a holiday meal. Uh, Pesach, Rosh Hashanah, every time. When it comes to uh, all the other Jewish, Jewish holiday Thanksgiving, every time it's, people come together. But he told me, my oldest brother told me to come. Basically, I'm afraid of my oldest brother and give me permission to go. Now, let's see what was Saul's, Saul's reaction. Saul was furious with Yonasan and he said to him, you are the son of a sinful and rebellious woman. <laughs> Did I not know that you have chosen the son of Yishai from the monarchy to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness for the fact that you prefer my enemy will lead people to suspect that you are not my son? Okay, what is going on there? First of all, it's a reaction completely out of place, right? This is mania. He told them, he said, he can start to scream at them. Why are you giving permission? Who, to, who allowed you to give permission? was completely on a different level because really there was an anger there. 
Right. But he wasn't paranoid. He knew this was the, the case. Oh, he, he wasn't a bipolar moment. <laughs> he, he, he's he, telling him, he's acknowledging. He, it's a calculated really conversation. Feels, right. Oh, that's what happened in this case. Right. Before the Jonathan talk, it's a film, it's right. jealousy, it's right. something goes. It's only when, it, when, when the craziness takes over him. Here it was, he was in the middle of a meal, and he told him, don't you get it? Shame on you that you choose. I know he says what you, what's going on here. You're choosing my, your brother, uh, uh, David, over, you, over me, over yourself. And here is the punchline. For as long, For as, long as the son of Yishai lives on the earth, you shall not be established, nor your kingdom. Now since you have sent him away, send for him and fetch him to me, for he deserves death. Here he says to him, don't you understand if David is alive, you are not going to be a king? What's wrong with you? On which side are you? I'm trying to preserve your kingdom. Not only my kingdom, Saul tells him. And you are on David's side? And at one point, Jonathan told David, you will be the king and I will be your, your, your uh, assistant. Your right hand. You're second to the king. Do you think he's doing that because he knows the prophecy? No. Jonathan felt that David is, has the power of God. He saw that his father lost the spirit of God, and David got it. Did, he did, sensed it. Did he sense it, or did someone ever tell him that? I a, don't think every dream or something listen, like that. No, no, I don't think there is any dream. Listen, I don't know everything. As I told you before, I discovered something just this morning, and I know far from everything. But I don't think he told them, he, he, I think it was, that's why it's Yehonatan, the name of God. Hmm. He sent spirituality. He saw that his father lost the spirit. His father had the spirit of God in the beginning. He was not afraid of the false times. He went to war and he was very successful. After the story with Amalek, his father lost it. It was not the same person. It was a regular person, even worse. He was afraid. He was so afraid of Goliath. If he would have the spirit of God, he wouldn't be afraid of Goliath. And who killed Goliath? David. Because David, David had this. Killing Goliath was a miracle. That right where anybody was around so that David has the end of God. as the power of God. The Jonathan sensed that David as the, as the spirit of God. He said, this is going to be the king. First, forget about it if I like it or not. And he was a humble man. He didn't mind you. He will be the king. But, but nevertheless, Samuel has already told David that he's David going to knew. be the king. Yeah. Right. David knew. Right. Not right. Jonathan. But not Jonathan. But Nobody Jonathan. else. Right. 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 Sure David knew. Right. But Jonathan, I sense, still loved his father. He loved he his father. He respected his That's father. That's why he wanted to bring him together. Right, right. He wanted to make right. peace in the family. Right. It wasn't that he was betraying his father. No, he wasn't betraying his father right. at all. Right. He just wanted to tell his father, David is nothing against you. What's your right. problem? Right. And that was true. David tried only to help Jonathan, uh, Saul. And Saul went crazy after about David, killing him again and again and again and again and again. Right. You know, this reminds me, well, it's not exactly analogous, but when Pharaoh's daughter saves Moses or takes mm -hmm. Moses, yeah. she's betraying her Pharaoh's father, the king. Pharaoh's daughter right. betrayed her father completely. Right, right, right. Pharaoh's daughter is the first righteous Gentile in history. You know, we have righteous Gentiles in the Holocaust Museum. The first righteous Gentile is Pharaoh's daughter. 
What about Shifra and Pua? They were the Jewish, Jewish, according to the Talmud and the Rashi and everybody. Okay. But if not, they were also righteous Gentiles, but not to the level of, of uh, Pharaoh's daughter. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh's daughter is a, is a role model for all the righteous Gentiles. <laughs> but here, he's not, he, he just he couldn't believe that his father, he, he tries to tell his father again and again, what do you want from this guy? And the same thing, that's what he's telling him right now. Number 32. Yunusan answered Shaul, his father, and said to him, why should he be killed? What has he done? The same thing. What has he done? What do you want from his life? <laughs> what do you want from the boy? Look at this one. Well, he was so in love with them. He couldn't see the, the no. reality. David didn't do anything wrong. No, no, I know. Jonathan is so in love with David. No, but you, no, you, you, Jonathan loved his father that he didn't believe his father will do something wrong if somebody who didn't do anything wrong. He said, I'll just prove it that he didn't know. It's like, you know, many times people say, we'll just tell the world that we are un- we, that Israel is right and they will also be on our side. We'll just tell them, we'll just prove them, we'll just this, we'll just... And we know, no, you don't understand. It's not about telling them. They don't want to see it. They don't want to write. Just like Saul, he didn't want to see it. He had an agenda. In here is the first time that you see it. It wasn't just a jealousy. It was an agenda. It was a, a, was a calculated decision. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that, that's what comes out in this story. Why is Saul uh, taking on God, literally? Uh, God has already told through, the, through Samuel, Samuel the prophet that there's going to be a new king. He's and he's basically saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not going with this plan. <laughs> he said, yes. He's, a, he's addicted to power. Mm-hmm. No. It's not even power, it's worse than that. It's, he's so close-minded. He was, he was, he was, he was sick. Mm-hmm. It was doesn't he, make was sense. Was he relinquished from I mean, I mean, King Saul's behavior, in many cases, you, you, you cannot even kind of explain it. You cannot, you cannot explain it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole story with Nov, the city of the coins, that, mm-hmm. that's one of the questions, all the things, that, uh, listen, we are not here to judge Saul, but there are things that you cannot understand. Well, it sounds like he lost, you know, he lost it. <laughs> but there comes a point when he acknowledges to David that he was points. wrong. A few times. Right. And then it goes back. Yeah, so yeah. That's Pharaoh, a sad yeah. part. <laughs> right. No, it's Pharaoh, <laughs> yeah, it's a similar a little bit. But, but in, no, in Saul is crying. He says, you're right. I love you. You're a When he had David as the chance to kill him. Yeah, twice. Said, twice. Right. And he came out of the peace and told right. him, King, right. look, I could kill you, and I didn't do it. I don't want to touch you. And Saul and says, you're right. you're right. Yeah, right. Yeah. He couldn't help Very himself. touching. He couldn't help himself. Sounds like an abusive uh, spouse. It sounds like, it sounds, coming back it sounds like a person who is or the spirit controls, controls them. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's continue number 34. Continue. Yonasan rose from the table in fierce anger. He ate no food on the second day, the new moon. No, no, we missed no, 33. Just, okay. Saul raised... Saul raised uh, the spear to strike him. Yonasan realized that his father was determined to slay David. Yonasan rose from the table in fierce anger. He ate no food on the second day, the new moon. For he was upset for David, and his father had put him to shame by insulting and threatening him. Then basically, at this point, Jonathan realized that David was right all along when he said, your father, that Saul wants to kill him. Mm-hmm. The, Jonathan was told to speak blind in love to his father that he didn't believe that his father would want to do such a thing. 
And you should know, Saul, when he became a king, he was righteous. He was pure like a baby. He didn't have any sins. He was perfect. Modest, nice, humble, everything. But you know, when you are too nice and you're too humble and too nice, it's, it doesn't work either. <laughs> it's written that you cannot appoint a leader of the Jewish people if he doesn't have a whole bad background. Holy people don't walk. You need somebody who has bad experience on his own. He can relate to the people. He's one of them. He's too holy, he cannot even relate to, to what's going on. Is that the concept as to why the Messiah has to be, you know, of kind of... Coming from a background that's yeah. not pure, yes. So are the politicians. That, that's, that, this is no rationalization for Trump. <laughs> there will be four Trump, a few of them will also remind us biblical people. <laughs> Is the name in the Bible? <laughs> we are not talking politics! <laughs> okay. In the morning that uh, Yonasan went out to the field to the appointed place he had arranged with David, and the young lad was with him. He said to his lad, Run, find now the arrows which I shoot. As the uh, lad ran for the first arrow, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the lad came to the place of the first arrow, which Yonasan had shot, Yonasan called out after the lad and said, Isn't the last arrow beyond you? Yonasan called out after the lad, Go quickly, hurry, after the second arrow. Don't stay by the first. Yonasan's lad gathered up both the arrows and came to his master. The lad knew nothing about the sign. Only Yonasan and David knew the matter. Then, in this case, David, Jonathan changed his plan. He told Okay, continue. Okay. Yonasan gave his bow and arrows to the lad, to his lad, and said to him, Go and carry them to the city. As soon as the lad had gone towards the city, David understood that it was safe and stood up from near the south side of the stone. He fell on his face to the ground and prostrated himself three times. They kissed one another and wept with one another until David wept greatly more than Yonasan. Here's what is happening. Yonasan didn't plan to see David. He planned to throw this, the, the, this, the bone and arrow, and arrow and let David understand that he has to run away. But he changed his mind. He couldn't let David go without saying goodbye to him. And he came. The most powerful thing is here, the goodbye. They fall on each other's shoulders and they cry. But David cried more because David knew what he's waiting for him. What a journey is waiting for him to run away in David and Saul will ever want to will want to kill him. But this is an amazing that's that's really the story, the love between Jonathan and David and the goodbye that they say to each other. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, as both of us have sworn in the name of God, saying, God be a witness between me and you and between my descendants and your descendants forever. As we mentioned the last time, go, go in peace. There is lech le shalom and lech be shalom. Go to peace or go with peace. Then whenever it's lech le shalom, it's a blessing. Whenever it's lech be shalom, it didn't end up good. Therefore, we say lech le shalom. Chaim u le shalom. Use the word le instead of be. Because in the Bible, whenever it was a be shalom, go with peace, it, the person will end up absalom. Uh, King David, I think, told him, go with peace, lech be shalom, and he was killed. 
wherever it was Lech Leshalom, who was the other ones? There was a few times it's Lech Leshalom. The Talmud points it out. They went in peace and they had peace. The Yonatan makes a pact in essence with they, David yes. to, to, when you're king, protect my and preserve my, my family. family. Now, now it's a now right. it's almost a covenant. Now it's not just a friendship. It's a it's a it's a covenant. it's a polit political covenant. Right. My family, right. your family. Right. Be, I right. know you're going right. to be the king, right. but be nice right. to my, but to my it family. It doesn't happen. It doesn't work. Yes, we'll talk about it at a different time. <laughs>